All right. Well, quite often in in this uh, city, we love the performers on the subway, you know, and and how they are exhibiting their talents. And my next guest is no exception. In fact, when I saw you, Jamel, Jamel NYT on Instagram, when I'd seen you, we clicked really right away. We hit it off and I said, whoa, he's got a bit of a career going here and I, and I wanted to highlight you. Uh, and now's the time that, that I got to do it. So I'm glad to have you. I'm glad to be here. I like, yeah, appreciate the support, man. It's always to connect with new people and get, you know, get more stuff out there. We're going to, you know, we're going to get to the day's topics today, you know, time of the day, but what's it like as a subway performer? Cause remember that car I saw you in was kind of empty and it was tough to connect with people, but how do you, how do you manage to do it day in and day out when you are on the subway? I just love to do it. Um, I love what I do. I think for me, it's, it's, uh, I mean, in the beginning for me, it was a kind of make it or break it thing. You know, I was kind of, that was my survival tree. So I was eating and finding places to stay. So that alone kind of drove me to believe that I could really, you know, make a career out of it. And getting the support that I got on a consistent basis really kept me out there. So those were all motivators for me. Like, you know, even in those train cars where people weren't the most engaged or people didn't clap or even even when I didn't make any money, I knew and I was, you know, happy that I was pushing myself to, to just be out there doing something positive. I know you love the live. I mean, you were very animated on this when you were singing, and I know you love the live, but how have you adapted during quarantine to this whole whole system we're in now? It's very difficult for me because um, I the subway was such an outlet for me. You know, aside from making tips and being able to network and dominantly, you know, meeting most of my friends there, it was a huge outlet event. It was a beautiful place to be able to sing at full capacity where no one's going to complain or like say anything. And I could practice new songs and make mistakes and go into the new train car and keep practicing. So it's a little different now because um, I'm home a lot. I'm still creating a lot on the production tip and, you know, doing a ton of stuff on that note. But on the singing tip, I just don't get the vocal exercise as I would had I had I been playing the subway. Wow. So it's kind of you've had to fix your your M.O. here. Do you still do like Instagram lives for people that we can check out? I do. Um, I've been very fortunate enough to have a really awesome manager. Shout out to Ava De Niro. Um, I've been doing a lot of different interviews recently. Uh, I actually have one coming up with a Chicago radio station tomorrow. I just did one last week and the week before, just being able to connect with different, you know, social media platforms and talk about some of the music that I'm dropping. And um, I do go live, not too frequent, trying to go a little bit more frequent on my on my Instagram and hoping to connect with more people. I did something the other day. It was pretty cool. Um, but I'm hoping to do more of that. Uh, Jamel, there's no doubt that what we've seen on Instagram is a huge collaborative effort we're all creative now we have marley sings who puts her songs out so i've got to ask have you met all these different creators yeah i've met a lot of them uh you know marley sings is awesome her energy is awesome her music is awesome she's just a bright motivated spirit and i love um you know being able to collab with her she actually um funny story is the casting agent for um uh, America's Got Talent was like scoping people in the subway and contacted me and asked me if I was interested in auditioning for the show. 
and that told me about have I heard about Marley and I hadn't heard about Marley at the time and I went and I checked out her music and I was like oh my goodness goodness I've seen this this girl all the time and I connected with her and she was just awesome and then I had a show and Marley just showed up to my show <laughs> to show love at my show so I was like wow that is so awesome and we've just been friends like supporting each other really um, and I think that's what the underground community is all about. There's a lot of super talented artists out there. Mike Young. Um, oh, I can't remember. I think his name is Gary. There's a lot of artists. <clears throat> Najee. There's a lot of really super talented dancers, drummers alike um, in the underground. I, you mentioned the singing. You know, you were there uh, and you were promoting an event the next day, I think. And I, I hope that went well. But I remember... That's a way to get your events promoted too when you're on the subway doing that. Oh right? wow! Wait, I saw you before my show at the Well. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. And what what train was it on? Oh my goodness! Wasn't it like the F maybe or the E? I, I'm always on those two trains a lot more than normal. Yeah, it was uh, it was on the, the F or the E, or could it have been on the L? Uh, maybe I don't usually take the L, but it's it's one. Of, by okay, the way, just talking about subway e. lines is exciting me right now because I miss it. <laughs> I know I miss it too. I really do. I miss the uh, I miss the rush of waiting on the train platform and not knowing who's going to be in the train or what's going to happen when I jump in there and just jumping in there and seeing everybody's face just so surprised that I just started singing or they're angry or everybody always has that first three seconds of what the heck is going on. And then they're like, oh, he's good. Oh, Jamel, tell, oh. <laughs> tell me about you your know? act, because I, I forgot to ask you about that. What is your act when you get on the train? I, I like, I, at this point, it's just like, I don't even have one. I just sing what I want to sing. I have a couple of songs in mind. You know, shout out to Craig Derry. It's my vocal coach. Taught me a bunch of vocal exercises. And like I said, the train is the perfect place to practice because... I warm up right around Sutton on the E train, right? <clears throat> ride this, the train from Sutton down to Roosevelt and then jump on the 7 line and ride the 7 line up up, up and down. And the 7 line is outside so I get that little that taste of sunshine. It's a smaller train so my voice really projects through the, through the cars. And I have such a solid relationship with the people on that train because I've been playing the train for like three years. So um, I think it really um, helps me by um, just knowing that I'm out there to just spread positivity. Have you done anything in the seven o'clock cheers that, that everybody has sort of DJing and everything on their balcony? Have you done any of that? I can't, I mean, I'm, I'm not in one of those areas where I can really do that. You know what I mean? Hello. Can you hear me? Yep. All right, yeah, I got you. So you were saying yeah, that you're not in an area where you could perform like that. Yes, uh, I would totally do it. I live in a house in a park, so I'm like, you know, I'm tucked away. You know what I mean? It's a pretty quiet area. <laughs> so I in what part of Florida Park you were saying? I'm in Ozone Park. Oh, Ozone, yeah, in Queens. Yeah, yeah, that is a different kind of area, although they have the shopping center there, don't they, the, the Atlas Malls? I mean, it's it's not that far from Queen Center Mall. I'm kind of like tucked away in like you know. It's I'm pretty. It's a, it's a quiet area. Like, we live right you know, across the street. But, oh. huh? We live right across from street from the hospital, but I don't really hear anybody doing the cheers, which is kind of 
interesting. But yeah, I get it. If you're sort of in a different area now, this this whole week has changed from quarantine to now social justice and bringing justice um, to the family of George Floyd. And I've got to ask you, as an entertainer, uh, first of all, and as an African American. Is what we're seeing today on Instagram, the Blackout Tuesday, enough? Or what can we do to bring the conversation forward? Well, you know what? I really appreciate you taking the time to ask that question because I think it's super important, you know, that it is asked. And it just means a lot coming from you. Um, I do think that there was a huge effort to, to do something to kind of solidify and unify towards, towards that cause. Me personally, I was very vocal about it on my page earlier. I actually deleted my post a little bit. Because I felt like <clears throat> blacking out or silencing with, you know, was silencing what was happening as far as the memory of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and all the innocent blacks that have been, you know, murdered by the systematic racist system. So, um, but a lot of people, you know, had their own feelings and felt like, you know, it's a moment of unity and to not black out their memory. But then it goes for me, I'm looking at, um, algorithms and hashtags and export pages because I, I do a lot of social media branding for companies and for brands. That's how I've been able to build my name up from, you know, 2000 to almost 20,000 now. And one thing that is relevant is when you use certain keywords or hashtags, those keywords and hashtags pop up on an explore page. So when people search that information, they're able to see what's most relevant. And when you type in Black Lives Matter and you see a black square, that's what's most relevant. And it hurts as a black man to see that, to see that maybe we weren't organized, whoever put it together, weren't organized in the sense to, to address that. Or maybe that was the intention. Who knows? You have to look at the coin both ways. But in my personal opinion, I wasn't, ha I wasn't happy with it. I don't think blacking out anything is going to help anything. I don't think forgetting anything is going to help anything. I think we need to find a constructive and honest an empathetic, compassionate way to unify without the silence. I don't agree with the violent protests. I don't agree with the police brutality either. I don't agree with the murder of George Floyd, but I don't agree with the looting of small businesses and companies. But, you know, part of me as an American thinks, man, we're in a pandemic, right? A lot of people are struggling, suffering. How many friends do you know right now struggling that still haven't received their unemployment? How many people have really lost their jobs and are truly struggling in, this, in, in, in what, what we have going on? Why hasn't our government been there for us more? I feel like this is more than a racial issue. It's a, it's a systematic issue. Well, and, and it is. And by the way, you touched on something. I think the fact we were locked down is leading to a lot of this agitation, right? Absolutely. Like, you don't want to be in your house all the time. And then the one time you get to come out of your house is to protest the killing. I mean, we're in, a, we're in a respiratory pandemic and police are shooting tear gas into crowds of people that are peacefully protesting. People take, take and manipulate and they know the system. And I want everybody to listen, that's listening to this just to be aware of this, even if you don't agree with it, just to open up your heart to be aware that, you know, these are not new methods. These are things that have been used for hundreds and hundreds of years, systematically, and it's beyond race. Like we are in, in an economic divide right now that is really starting to show in our country, in our actions, actually in our world as a whole. You know, the old systems cannot exist without, they can't exist anymore. It's not working. We need to try something new. We need to do Jamel, something. can you speak a little bit into the phone a little bit more? Oh, I'm sorry. Can you hear me? Yeah, that's much better. Yeah, yeah you're fine now. So sorry about that. But I, I totally get it. And, and you say um, 
you said a couple minutes ago something that, that touched me because for me, I always thought as someone who was who is white to just be friendly and know and be excited, you know, just, just to know that I'm friends with the African-American community. I thought I was doing enough because, you know, I appreciate them. But then not speaking out mm-hmm. and saying Black Lives Matter is a um, seems to have been a not a travesty, but something that should have been said. And do you think that we as a society, even when we say all lives matter, do you think we arrogantly assume that black lives matter just because we're saying that? I get that statement offends me, to be completely honest, because it's used as a counter argument to black lives matter. It's very true that all lives matter, all animals matter. But we're disproportionately being killed and murdered. Like, I had a conversation with a client I work with today. I was like, that's not a good look to put on your page. You shouldn't put all lives matter as a response to a black man saying black lives matter. And this is a black man telling you this. You just don't say that. That's like saying, like, okay, you know, the house is on fire on the block, but you're going to put water on all the houses. No, we need to put water on the, on the black lives that matter. Of course your life matters. Of course white lives matter. Of course... Spanish guys, everybody's life matters. But let me tell you something. How many white murders have you seen committed on camera? How many, like, how many, how many Spanish, like, almost none. Like, really, like, honestly, that NYPD cop that ran over a bunch of protesters, that was violent. They're they're attacking people, you know? And and the thing that is, is crazy to me is, like, a lot of these people that are protesting with us are white. They're standing, they're sick of it. They don't want the injustice. And, and, and I say to you, you say, you know, you know, you, you thought maybe being nice and having friends in the black community was enough, but you're doing more than that. You have an African-American on your channel right now that you've established a relationship with that we met on the train. Like we're doing, you're, 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 you're doing what you can from your position to try to either educate or enlighten people. And that's why I decided to come here tonight, because I respect that. We need more people doing that. We need more white brothers stepping up and being like, hey, I don't know everything. I don't know. I'm not guilty of racism. I'm not racist. I could acknowledge that these people are, but what can I do? Because you're giving me a voice right now. Oh, and I, I, I just love your energy, and I figured you'd be perfect to talk about because, you know, let's be fair, there are also others that would come on and be more um, vivacious with it, more like, we need this, but you're very relaxed in the conversation, which I like, because sometimes... Well, and, 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 and I feel like I feel like that's another reason why, you know, you took me to be here. Like, I'm a musician, man. I'm, a, I'm not an unreasonable person, but I, I can understand both sides, man. I grew up in a dominantly white state, and I try to be as level-headed as possible. You know what I'm saying? So have you experienced anything with the stop and frisk years and with the broken windows policies? Have you experienced something that you maybe haven't shared with your fans or your audience and want to? As far as, far as like, as far as what? Well, have you ever been apprehended by a cop in certain ways? Have you ever, have you ever, what was your interaction with the police actually is my question. I, I have, um, I have never, uh, I've, I've, I've had very few positive interactions with the police. Um, especially where I'm from, I've been, you know, I've been a, a, a witness to racial discrimination since I was seven years old. I watched a police officer assault and break my mother's arm and leg and throw her down the stairs. So, you know, I grew up in a white community I grew up in Burlington, Vermont. Population is like 0.3 black, you know what I'm saying? So <clears throat> I grew up all around racism and all around oppression. And uh, being in New York is the freest I've been because there's diversity in the police force. There's no black cops where I live. They're all white. 
They all pull you over for no reason. I've experienced a ton of it. You know, if you go back and you type my name in, I, I work with Senator Zuckerman and Senator Leahy in Vermont to end racial injustice because they felt, you know, because I have a voice and I know how to use it in a constructive way versus, you know, ways we've seen other people vent. And we well, formulated a rally called Raise Your Voice. And it's interesting you say that because I was just going to ask you, your creative streak during this last week, has it inspired a song that you're going to drop about all of this and, and whatnot? No, it's like created a huge block. I feel guilty. Like, I'm like, damn, like, what am I going to write about? Like, what's more important than what's going on? Like, I could sing about it, and at some point I will, but everything is at the forefront of my mind. Like, I sat here today trying to come up with a guitar piece and trying to come up with the words to express this stuff, but it's like, what can be said? I don't want to dwell on it. I want to sing something positive. Like, what can I say that's going to make people feel better? Because I'm tired of singing about people getting killed and murdered and changes happen. Like, what can I possibly say that's uplifting? And I'm like, you know, Michael said it all, man. Michael Jackson, you lean on me, Bill Withers. Like, a lot of people already said what needs to be said. We need to listen to those people. We need to go back. We need to go back, man. We need to go back to move forward. That's the thing. We never left where we were. And that's a lot of people don't realize that. We, we masked this, this, this racism for the last 50 years, thinking that it went away, but it never did. Martin never finished. Malcolm never finished. They never got a chance. They were murdered. We forgot the legacy. We forgot to continue the movement. We forgot that the movement doesn't end with one death. It has to continue through generations. This racism has continued through generations. This generational wealth and, and system of oppression of them can, how long? It's not just us now, it's everybody now. Because we're all mixed, we're all in this melting pot together, and we all have to see that it's beyond race. It's an economic divide. It's a, it's a, it's a division now. It's us or them. It's you or me. Who, who's it going to be now? What are you going to use your voice to do? Are you going to use your voice to uplift, empower, or are you going to smear the truth so that people have distorted visions of what's going on? Well, I was going to ask, because a lot of this hatred um, starts in the beginning, I think in the school level or even the household, as you're saying, you've, you've seen it firsthand in your own home. But for those that may not see it firsthand, but they're learning certain things in the classroom, how important is the education system now more than it ever? It is so important. Oh, my goodness. It is so important. And I can't stress you enough. And, and this is maybe just me being optimistic as a black man. I'm a teacher in New York City, okay? I teach for an organization called NORI. It is the number one science, technology, engineering, and mathematics program in New York City for five-year-olds to 12-year-olds, okay? So we teach these kids how to engineer and how to do a bunch of, you know, a bunch of um, science projects and stuff like that. Now, you would ultimately think, yeah, okay, these kids are, are, are you know, paying a little extra money. Their parents are well off. They are. Their parents are well off. You know what I mean? They're all um, dominant. But but what I noticed was they were mixed races, but it was dominantly Asian, right? And it made me think, I'm black. I'm teaching Asian, white, some black, some Spanish kids, all from privileged backgrounds. All these kids are, are, are privileged. These kids are playing with stuff that, you know, and they're smart. They're compassionate. They are bright. They're brilliant. They don't see race. They don't see color. They loved me. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Racism is taught. Not one, I'm telling you, man, these parents of these kids, I'm like the whitest little girls and boys running up to me, jumping on me, hugging me, couldn't wait for me to teach their class. Asian. Um, this mother, she barely spoke English. She came up to me in Chinese. She's like, please, like, we want you to tutor our, our, 
our son. She's this eight-year-old boy. Gordon calls me up regularly just to see how I'm doing. I currently teach lessons to um, two eight-year-old girls and two 15-year-old kids that come to my home to do vocal lessons. The kid is where it begins. They don't understand hate or right or wrong. They don't understand why you're telling them, don't go over to Tyrone's house. He's not okay. They don't understand that. They want to play with Tyrone. They both got the same toys. They don't get it until you teach it to them. My mother tried to teach me to hate white people so bad. You know many people try to hate me to teach white people? Oh, they don't care about you. They don't care about you. They just want to use you. They're going to manipulate you for everything, blah, 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 blah. That's all they've ever done. That's what brothers and sisters say about white people. They are just as equally racist, and I'll say it. Why are they racist? Why? What's the core? What's our history, man? Wow. That what is, is our uh, history? This is so powerful, and I'm glad I decided to reach out and talk about this because it's there's so many cultural things, and as you say, both sides are taught to hate each other, and we have to eliminate that as well. Um, tell me your organization again because I want it to be a little more, uh, a little more pronounced. Um, as far as what? Your teaching. You said you were doing teaching? So yeah, so I do. So I work for um, a company called Nori. It is it teaches science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. It's a private, um, you know, teaching company in New York City, um, and they do after school. And I've worked all over the city: uh, uh, Allen Stevenson School, you know, Green Hill uh, Elementary School, Pine Street Elementary School. And what that has done for me, this is all from the train, by the way, just meeting people, good people on the train. And I just started giving lessons to the kids, man. I just started giving, giving lessons to them. And they're not racist. None of my students are black. All of my students are white. Two of them are Russian. You know? They don't see race. The parents don't see race. They don't care that I'm black and I'm teaching their kids how to sing. They love it. They, like, I, I don't see that. But they're younger parents. They're younger kids. Mm. You know what I mean? It's not like the old generation where like, oh, you can't go to his house. Like, I want to go to Jamal's house. I want to work with him because he knows how to sing. And he listens to the music that's good. These kids are respectful. They listen well. They don't, it's, it's crazy, man. I'm like, we might have a chance if we can just teach these kids to love each other. We'll be good. Jamel, and, and change is, is what we need. Let me ask you this, though. So you're, you are with, you know, white kids. You're teaching them. So when you see that leagues like the NFL are trying to push through proposals where if you hire minorities, you get a dr bigger draft pick. I mean, has there become a diversity quota disaster too? Like, are we trying that diversity quota too hard and, and just giving instead of letting people earn their way up? I don't know. I think that I, 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 don't, I don't even know how to, re how to respond to that. Like, like, but they're giving people more money for hiring minorities. Well, what they're doing is if you get a draft, if you hire a minority, you get like 10 picks up in the NFL draft. That was tabled, but that was a proposal. And so it just seems like sometimes the diversity quota is a little harmful. The NFL is dominantly black. That's not like, I don't get it. And, and, and the NFL has like, been around forever, right? Not moving out forever, but it's been around long enough, and now they want to say some stuff like that or implement that. But the NFL is dominantly black. What do you mean? Uh, Your league is like seventy-five percent black. It's so true, though. <laughs> like it's crazy. Like your whole NFL league is seventy-five percent brothers. The NBA brothers. Well, Soccer, mm -hmm. all around the world. Like what sport other than oh, baseball? Because we got like football, hockey, maybe. But come on, man! Like that's just ridiculous. Like, 
and that's that's the thing. Like, so we need these athletes to stop, man. We need everybody to stop. Like, I just can't believe we couldn't endorse Kaepernick. I just cannot believe that. Like, can you believe that? Like, you, the man was protesting for what four years ago on his knees, and it isn't it ironic that a white police officer murders a man kneeling on his neck? Jamel, to be honest, I never thought I'd see that visual actually mean so much more than it has the last week. Yo, so much compassion, bro. I can hear it in in, in your voice. This is I'm so glad I made the time to do that. Like, you know, I've I've been able to connect with so many awesome people like yourself, and it just gives me faith. You know what I mean? Because I'm trying not to see color in these times, and it just makes it so hard not to, man. And just being like, being being able to be here and have this conversation. You know, God, I, I just wish you the best, and, and, and I really hope that you continue to, to do what you're doing, and, and I'm grateful that to be here, man, because that was a really hard thing for me to see, man. It, did, it made me lose a lot of faith and, and a lot. You know, to see the man apply pressure to a person in front of that many people like you and me, nothing. And we all can, we all need something. We all make mistakes. Ain't nobody perfect, man. I'm not perfect. You know, there's a reason why I came to New York City homeless playing the train. You know what I mean? Well, let me tell you, ask you about that. How did you end up in New York, for those who may not know the story? I was homeless. I was living in Vermont, struggling. I did not have a direction, and I was playing the streets in Vermont, and I knew that I could make something great of myself as a musician if I gave myself a chance, and I was never going to make it in Vermont. So I left. I took my 40 bucks and my guitar, and I left. I got a Greyhound ticket, and I arrived in Grand Central at 2 p.m., May 27th, 2017, and I played, I played, and I played until I'm here now. You know, I ended up on Good Morning America with Sierra, ended up being able to you know, to perform on the Steve Harvey show, ended up meeting a ton of people that literally took me from the gutters of New York City to being able to work in, with people being featured on Subway Creatures, you know, went through a couple crappy record deals, but I'm working with an incredible uh, management team. I'm working with an incredible PR team. Um, I'm surrounded by wonderful, like-minded, blessed individuals. And I get opportunities like this to talk with like-minded, wonderful individuals like yourself all the time, stemming from that subway, man. It's amazing. Hey, you know, when you said, if you don't mind me sharing this on the air, when you said, you know, I'm at home all day, I'm like, I wonder if he has been out in the protests during all this? Have you ventured out to see what's going on? I wanted to. I want to. A part of me really wants to. I don't want to feel like a coward. I want to go out there. But I saw a video of a cop shoot a 12-year-old girl, a 14-year-old girl in the face with a rubber bullet, and she was white. So I'm like, listen, if they can shoot a 12-year-old white girl in the face with a rubber bullet, I am dark black. I'm 5'9", 150 pounds. Like, I'm not trying to fight anybody. I'm not trying to get beat up or shot at or run over by any of these cops. I would do anything I can. I've donated to the cause. Um, you know, if I was organized with some of my people, I would definitely go out and protest. I want to go protest. I don't want to be involved in any violence or any looting, and I don't want to risk my life. But if I had to, I would. If it came down to, you know... If it really came down to it and it took a stand, yeah, I'm not gonna, but I'm not going to put myself in harm's way. These guys are working for any reason they can to, to do what they can to us. So it does sound like you don't have any trust in the cops. Is that – I'm just curious if you have some sort of semblance of trust in, the, in our police department in general. I mean I don't know. Like I'm biased because like I've met a lot of good cops. 
I'm not a person that breaks the law, but has a problem with the law generally. There are cops that work in the school that protect the kids that are there. There are cops that teach these kids safety, fire drills. There are cops that protect and and really care about the community. And I know a lot of these cops. I got friends that are cops, but they're not the cops that I see on TV. You know, right. so, so I have we, nothing against the, the cops. I respect the good ones too, and the good peaceful protesters. There's like this cultural thing which the media to. is adding to as well. Our cops are incredible because they are under a lot of pressure. Our good cops, and I and I love our good cops out there, and I'm, I'm with you, and they're with us. You see these cops taking knees. You see these cops speaking to their community, saying, we know what happened was wrong. We're going to take a knee with you. They're not spraying pepper spray in people's faces, man. There's good cops. There's 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 black people that are doctors. There's black people that are gangsters. There's white people that are presidents. There's white people that are gangsters. There's white, there's Asian people, like every. Jamel, are you there? You know, when I think about the cops, it's like, I'm a black man. Obviously, I'm going to have PTSD when I see cops. Even like, it's just how it is. Like, <laughs> when I see a cop, I don't know what his mood is and who I look like. I put my hood on and I just keep my shit going. I don't I don't want to interact with police. I don't unless I absolutely have to. I'm not going to interact with them. I'm not. I'm not going to call them. I'm not. I don't know what's on their mind. That's my experience. I support what they do, what they're supposed to do, absolutely. But I don't I don't I don't really trust the police. Jamel, this the, the and the, and the a friend of mine said though or, you know, one of my former friends, because I got a little hurt by this. He did say, you know, I don't want to see a cop go home to his family. And I was kind of hurt by that. Like, we can't have that mentality either, right? But you know what's crazy? And here's what I have to say to that. As a Christian man, as a man of God, I think that's wrong. But as a man of flesh, I got to say this. How you think George, George's parents feel? How you think Armand Aubrey's families feels how you think Brianna Taylor's family feels how you think Trayvon Martin's family feels how you think Eric Garner's family feels how you think Martin Luther King's family feels how you think Malcolm X's family feels you think they got to go home to their daughters you think there's those mothers ain't crying every Christmas birthday Thanksgiving Mother's Day Father's Day you don't think those brothers and sisters deserve the same respect as those cops Yes, if the cop didn't do it, if the cops didn't do nothing, he didn't do nothing. But let me tell you something. If me and you are going to a store and something happens and and, and I'm, you know, beating the bejesus out of somebody and you're sitting there watching, you can say, Jamel, stop. Are you as guilty as me? You're not guilty. You you, you just passively stand there. So if you're in a police force and you know these people are doing some crazy things and they're covering it up to save your ass, well, guess what? When you catch that stray or when you get run over, you know why. In your heart, everything happens for a reason. All the positive stuff that happened to me was because of all the positive light that I gave out. I didn't have a dollar in my pocket. I sang my heart out, gave every little cent that I could of me, and God blessed me with the people in my life. So when you put out positive energy and vibration, you don't have nothing to worry about. If you're a good cop, you don't got to worry about catching a straight bullet or, or somebody beating your ass or any of that because you got good karma, and, and you're going to resonate. That energy is going to resonate, and you're going to see somebody, and you're going to be like, wow, I'm with you. If you did some bad shit, you covered something up, it's going to come to light one way or the other. It might not come to light today, tomorrow, but it's going to come to light. You might might be good for a couple of years, but everything has a balance, and I really believe that. Uh, amen to that. And so you just said about, you know, you see these uh, victims and you see someone sitting there saying, 
you know, don't do anything. It's kind of dramatic and stupid. They should have acted on this thing. But how do you learn? For those who like, like film this, who film these stuff, though, are you ever frustrated that they don't just go in and try and save the guy, or are you thinking, well, they're filming this to get this on that tape because they know if they approach him, they will be harmed by the cops in that moment? Yes, and that's that's where I draw the line because you think about George and those guys is like, yo, as much as I would want in, in my heart, I would have done something. You can't expect everybody to be like that. You can't expect people to get a bullet because these cops are trigger happy. They shot a 12 year old white girl in her head. So what are you supposed to do? All you can do is film. Please film. If you've got the nuts out there, um, anybody, brothers, sisters, kids, if you have the nuts, and you see the cops doing something out there, like killing a man and his knee, and you got some nuts on you, and you're like, you know what, this isn't right, and, and, and I'm willing to take one for the team, then take one for the team. Because I'm telling you right now, if I saw a white, black, Asian, anybody, if I saw anybody, a cop, anybody in front of me standing on a person's neck for that long, bro, I'm going to at least push you off so we can get a couple minutes of air, even if he's wrong. Be like, bro, all right, cool. He's not, he's knocked out. Let him up. Because you can get knocked out and still breathe, bro. You don't got to kill somebody to death. You don't got to choke them to death. Choke them out. People, it happens in the MMA all the time. These guys get knocked out. They wake up. They get their money. They go home. Why you got to kill them? We don't got to kill the man. Maybe you can shed some light on this. And how come the Department of Minneapolis allowed this thing, this kind of technique, to go on for 237 times, five years, that's aggravating to even have to say, but this is what's been going on there. I don't know how that happened. Wow. I didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't know that at all. But you know why it happens is because when you train somebody to do something, that's what they're trained to do. And maybe you know, the cop didn't know it was wrong or whatever, but that's what he's trained to do. That's what he's trained to do. That's what they trained them to do. That's what that's, that is their job. Like they're not police do not consider themselves civilians. They consider themselves a, a little bit above the law. Like when they put on that badge, like you're a civilian to them. You are under their authority. You are a black man. Nobody's going to help you, bro. I'm a fucking cop. My, no, no, look, everyone can film you. You can scream, beg for your mama. No one's coming to help you. That's what he said to everybody. That's what that man said. That's what he said. And all of us felt that we're like, yo, we know that we're like racially, you know, profiled and stuff like that. We know that we're disproportionately killed. But yo, that was classless. That was like a dog, man. Like you murdered this man he for was seven minutes. And cold face, stone cold face. Was and cold, face. like, come on, man. Like, I'm just saying, that shit brought me to tears, man. Like, he did not deserve that, man. He did not deserve that. And my heart and my prayers go out to his family because they're getting so overcasted by everything. We can't focus on mourning because we're angry. And we need to stay angry because we haven't been angry for these past couple of years, man. We've been complacent, man. Like, mm. black, I can't believe a black man took a knee in the NFL and more black people didn't back him up, man. Like, that's crazy wrong with our people, man. Like, this man lost everything. Kaepernick gave up it all. He gave it all up, man. He gave it like his career, his money, everything. How many That's rappers is he that doing that? They didn't even tell people he was donating to actual organizations backing up what he did. <laughs> Who does that? Who's doing that now? Is, 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 you know, who's doing that right now? I've got a question. Who's going so, 
it, it may sound like a weird question, but because it was a form of currency, $20, that they were really worried about, which is, in the scheme of things, ridiculous to me why this grocery shop made a call anyway, but that's another story. But should we maybe be afraid, or would the black community be afraid to even carry money now with this? Is that where this could go to? The black community is afraid to scratch our asses right now. We are afraid to walk out of the house. We are afraid to drive a car. We're afraid to go shopping. We are afraid. We're not scared of, we're not scared people. We're just scared of what somebody might say happened. You don't have to really do anything to get killed. All you got to do is be black. Trayvon Martin was what, 12 years old? I watched a cop beat a nine-year-old boy, drag a black girl, 14 years old, by her hair on the ground and point a gun at two 13-year-old black males. What were they doing? They're being kids. It doesn't mean at any moment, if you are black in America, you know what time it is. You know. And it's sad, but you know any moment. Hey, Alex, you look like so-and-so. Oh, what are you talking about? I just left my house to go stop resisting. What do you mean I'm not stop? That's it. That's where, <laughs> that's where it really escalates, actually. That's it. Um, like, what is it? Huh. Hey, Jamil, it, it. Um, we, you just said everybody is appalled at this, but have you found cases where some people still are resisting saying, oh, I won't you know, mention the movement or mention Black Lives Matter? Have you seen still Absolutely. resistance to supporting? Absolutely. I'm from Vermont. You know how many people in Vermont I have to like do interventions with the past week? Just because I'm like their friend and they don't understand the ignorance of their statements that they're saying because they're convinced that they're not white privileged or racist. And I'm like, just because I'm your friend and we grew up together and I'm black doesn't mean that you're not racist, bro. Think about what you said. You didn't you didn't say anything about George Floyd. You said everything about the, the, the police being wrong and him potentially breaking the law. He didn't break the law. He was suspected of breaking the law. He didn't get a chance to get tried or convicted or anything. He got murdered. Like, I don't care. Like, anybody could get got for $20. Like, $20 is nothing. Like, you spend $33 on a Metro card. Yeah. $20 is not even – you can't even get a sandwich and a bag of chips for $20 in the city. <laughs> like, what you going to give for $20, bro? What, Janelle, what was George uh, Janelle, getting for $20? It's, it's amazing you talk about this because I was just thinking – Right now, the subways and bu well, the buses especially are free. You can ride them, and and so are we going to see a movement toward free, you know, no fares in this city eventually? I have no idea. I hope that we see a movement of a lot in the city. I think New York has the power to do it. I think that we're cities, and we're one of the most diverse cities, and we're coming together stronger than ever. I like New York's leadership. I think it's good, but I don't know anything, man. Recently, I've been like, do I need to get out of here for a little bit just to cool my head? I think it's going to get too crazy. Things have changed, man. Like, I would be playing the subway. Last year, I was just getting off of Good Morning America around this time. We were going to vocal classes, having having barbecues at night. I was taking my girl bike riding in Central Park. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, this is not the New York City I know. This is like, there's no movies. There's no baseball. Do you think that was the right, right now, move, the... though, to lock us down? And do you think it's time to open us up little by little? I think that it's never going to be the same again. Too much has been exposed. The pandemic is kind of going to be exposed. We're going to find out within the next two weeks if this corona thing was really, really a major thing just because of all the people protesting. 
And then people are going to start, you know, starting to slowly get their money back. And then it's just going to be like, what are we going to do? We're going to go back to the same working 80 hours a week. Just so the winter can come, we can get hit with the second wave of the virus. Or like, what are we going to do collectively as a people? Because this is not working. And who are you voting for today? Because everyone's focused on a blackout. Well, and by the way, there was still very little coverage of the disproportionate testing issues that went on with COVID. I mean, I wonder if you can speak to that for a minute. I just want to speak to this. Anybody listening to this at this point should understand that our media is completely controlled and everything that you see, hear, or smell by them is filtered. So just know that everything that you see is controlled. It's what they want you to see. You need to always educate yourself with multiple sources and to try to keep an open mind to not not be biased. Now is the age where information is so um, it's at our fingertips. We need to be we need to scan it. We can't just take the first thing that somebody says because odds are somebody's you know writing to their interest. And what are people going to do? You know, people that control the media control the masses. So they'll tell you whatever they want to tell you to get you to believe something. No, and absolutely. that's that 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 that's getting old too. Streaming podcasts, more independent voices, you know, rolling in. Like we're looking at new generations. Technology leads to new voices and new things happening. We're not we're not in the fifties and sixties where everyone's just staring at a TV screen all day. We're not tuned into the commercial breaks, Coca Cola. We're actually tuned into the world now. We can go to multiple sources. We don't got to listen to Fox News or CNN. We can go to multiple sources. Well, you know, you're you're up in um, you were you lived in Vermont. Now you got a, a senator that was trying to do something politically. His name's Bernie Sanders. But is he and Biden a good rep? I mean, people will say Trump's not a good rep for the African American community. Um, who would you say we can rely on politically to fix the situation? None of them. And I want to repeat that I'm not. And I'm going to say this like clearly: I'm not a politician. I'm not into any political thing. I'm a musician. I'm, I'm a God-fearing man. I love humanity. I don't think any one of those men speak for anybody in the black community. If I had to pick one, I would pick Bernie Sanders. I'm from Burlington, Vermont. I've met Bernie Sanders. I've worked with Senator Leahy personally. Like Senator Leahy's a cool person. Do I understand the system? Do I understand how it works? Yes. Am, am am I in a sense contributing to their um, black, you know, it, like where we help each other in that sense? Like, okay, I help support your campaign, you know, to get more black people tuned into your thing. But I think Bernie has the most makes the most sense. But we are so greedy and capitalistic that we can't see the benefits of just evening evening out the terrain and using other countries as a model for our economy. And that's why Bernie gets shut down and will continue to get shut down because people just can't fathom that. Even though it makes perfect sense in a long-term thing, it's just like they they, they can't see it. They're like, oh my God, we're going to give all these people this and all that. Who's going to pay for this? Bro, if you just took money away anyway, money's fake. We don't even have resources to back up any of the currency we have. That's why 1% owns all the riches anyway. That's why they're giving us $1,200, $600 every week because this money is not real. Who owns their house? Who owns their car, their house, and their business at the same time? You owe that to the bank. I agree with you on that point. They just keep putting money and our debt just keeps increasing, which affects everybody too. There is no debt. If you think about it, there is no debt. It is a number. It's a fictional number. 
this number, this number exists. Okay, let's go print up some more money. Ha, ha, ha. Where's the gold? Where's the salt? Where's the physical backing to the 7.5 billion people on this earth? Who dictates what currency is? People need to ask themselves that question. Who's dictating what the currency is? Why is this dollar worth more than this dollar? me more than this. It's like this money is not real. It's just used to control people to classify the masses. That's just a that's a whole bigger conversation. But that's the truth. Like these presidents, these elections, all this stuff is a puppet show. It's like all the same double-sided dragon. That's what life is. It's about finding your truth and identifying that. That's what night means for me, Jamel Knight. Know your truth. Read between the lines, read between the different sources and find what's right for you. And once you do that, then you understand, you know, this is I got to ask. And by the way, I always thought it was NYT for The New York Times. But you just clarified that. So thank you. Mm -hmm. That's my nickname. Everybody calls me Knight. Jamil Knight on uh, Instagram is where you can find him. Now, you are a businessman, right? So you're running your own company. I am pushing so do you still believe in the capitalistic ideals as well because you're seeing the economy from a different perspective perhaps i mean you know being a loan officer i could see how having trump in office could help the real estate market absolutely being a teacher i could under you know i could see a lot of benefits to you know to the economy to having trump in office for the economy being a human being and just having an open mind the way that i do this money just doesn't feel real to me. A lot of like, I I come from such a struggle that it's like, okay, I don't need a ton of money to survive and make a life for myself and to be happy. And I feel like so many people think that, you know, I, most of my family's dead. I don't have any family. I grew up by myself. Like, you know what I mean? I'm happy. I have great friends. I'm not rich, but I'm happy. You don't need a ton of money to be happy. And that's what I think. Personally, I think if you just get what you have, what you need, and you have the good people around you, and you got some good food, and you're comfortable, a nice place to sleep, then you should aspire to help other people. That's what I'm going to do when I make it. You think I'm going to just make it and, 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 and be rich while other artists struggle in the subway? No. Hey, man, let's get you out of the subway. Let's, let me show you what I did. There's people, there's people out there doing that now. That's how I got out of where I'm, where I'm at. Somebody, people help people, right? That's what we got to do. And Weird that's when once we get out of that, you know, I'm listening. Do you think there's a comfort level there for subway performers that don't want to move up? Like, is there that kind of thing going on too? I, I like it, 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 a lot. It, a lot of people overlook us, man. They look at us as street performers. That's it. We're street performers. We don't have, you know, that's, that's all we do. We play the streets. Most of us are homeless or drug addicts. You know, that's a perception. A lot of people got. Yeah, I've been to a lot of labels. Oh, he's a street performer, but can he sing? Can he? Can he? Can he? How does he do in the studio? Oh, that's great. Oh, give him some money. You know, he probably needs it. Yeah, I do need it. <laughs> Thank you. But you know, I'm a, I'm I'm a, I'm a person. I love to sing. I'm not homeless, but I, you know, I was homeless when I first started singing. So. Sure, and you had a lot of support behind you to get a, get you out of that situation. And you mentioned how summers are so caring about money. How tone deaf is it then that we have arguments over and back to sports for a minute over contracts when everybody else is suffering? It just I feel like people making money aren't reading the room right now. 
Oh my goodness, the way that you put that was just incredible. And that's just that that's you said it all. That's it. Uh, there's no comment on that. You hit it right on the head. And that's and that shows the divide. It's like you're making money. We're talking about contract. It's like they're not affected by it. They're not. They got the vaccine already. They're COVID free. They're on to the next quarter, writing off them taxes. People just gotta wake up. I just want people to wake up so bad. And the more you speak on it, it's hard because it's like, damn, man, people are sleeping. They just don't understand. And you can't make them understand. And you just got to love and put the love out and hope that when they come through, you still have the patience to have that love, man. That's what it's about. Like, you see, how are you going to talk about, you're talking about basketball, you're talking about baseball, man. People are dying, bro. It's like, come on, man. Hey, you know, um, some people might consider this time like a sort of, time's up for us you know and i'm just thinking of it that way like all right you've had your freedoms now we're going to encroach on you do you get that sense at all like now there's a force that's I, like, we don't want you to be free anymore yeah i get the sense that we have to really 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 decide what we're going to do because we are just so trapped by our economy and we're so bullied by our military that we really don't have the freedoms that we think we have as Americans. And most of the Americans support the military. Like they su- not, not, not support the military because I completely support our military. But you know what I'm saying? Like they support this, this cause of violence. And that is the only thing that this country knows is violence. And it scares me because I know what this country is capable of on the good and bad side. And I just know what it would do to the people and the vulnerability it would do to our country to have an inter-rebellion or like a, a, another civil war in the midst of this pandemic. It just makes us look weak. We need strong leadership in this country so bad. Well, I want to All ask about need. that because there are still some, you know, in the black community that support Trump. Does that drive you nuts or do you see where they're coming from as well? I love it. I absolutely support Trump. I think Trump is great. I really do because he has not only showed the true colors of this country, he's revealed the true colors of himself and he's gone against the people that put him in power. So power to Trump. I might not agree with him or how he does it, but he's honest. At least he's not a closet racist. At least he's not like a person that's going to like laugh in your face and call you a nigger underneath your breath or some shit like that. He said clearly where his line stands. He's made his his, uh, his objective very clear of how he feels about the Mexicans and the Latino people. He's made his, 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 his objective clear about he felt, how he felt about disabled people. He's made his objective clear about how he is the dominant race and he is the best and he's the greatest and he does a good job at everything and he knows everything. And yeah, Get in the house by eight, and when the looting starts, the shooting starts. And don't forget to vote for Trump twenty twenty, baby. <laughs> it does Th- seem like you. a chaotic state of the union right now. That's for sure. Yeah, but you got to respect it. Like you got to respect Donald Trump. I'm a black man. I respect it. Donald Trump is a gangster. He really is because he tells you exactly how he feels. And you Biden never does that too, person. one way or another. And it's kind of wild that we have two similar people trying for this office. <laughs> I just don't want another president on Twitter that much. It's cool, Trump. But like, we know you had eggs and toast for breakfast, but like, what are you doing about the economy? Like, what's going on with the unemployment? Like, what's going on with these ventilators? That's awesome. I'm glad that you're having. Like, he just ta- like he just talks so much smack. Is like he shouldn't be the president, but he's not. 
that's it. He just shouldn't be the president. Like he's not. He doesn't know how to be a president. <laughs> and it's amazing you say that because in the midst of this protest, he didn't really even or you know fires burning in the middle of the White House. You know, outside of it, I should say, he didn't even go out and make a statement until last night. And I thought that was kind of odd considering he loves to be on camera. No, like he doesn't want to go outside and get risk his life or be in danger. Like he's just chilling. Like he feels like he's got it in the bag. He's got the military in the bag. He's lined his pockets up with a couple extra trillion, even if he doesn't vote. He did his thing. He said his piece. Boom. Who's coming into the White House to clean up his shit? And uh, unfortunately, that feels like a pattern every every four years, right? Like who's going to come in to clean up the last mess? I mean, and and, and then and there's no there's no unity. Like, one person does fight so hard for eight years to do one thing. Then the other person comes in to reverse that. Then the other dude comes in to reverse this. Then the other person comes in to reverse that. And the people just sit and watch this puppet show. That's generation about after generation. For, that's why it's about being out there for ourselves, right? Yes, it is. Now is the time. We are the people. We are the country. We make up the numbers we fund the police we fund these corporations our tort like we buy everything our money our dollar our space the like we people don't understand that because they have us living in fear of debt you tell somebody well you how we own your house you're you know it's just the way the system is made you got everybody paying a mortgage come on man like your bank owns your house like you have to pay to like it's just, it's it's the way it's supposed to be. So once people see, we need to really rebuild this or put somebody in power who's really going to take our needs serious, then we're gonna win. So do you like those who think they're doing a good job with AOC, like those that are trying to be the young in office now? I think we need everything in office right now. I think the office needs to be shaken up. I don't think any of that stuff is designed to work. I really think it's like a script, you know? That's just my opinion. I think it's like a script. It's just like a play. All right, See, cool. So you guys fight in the third put, scene. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Huh? Oh, no, sorry I'm sorry. That. I think it's a puppet show. Hey, in the third scene, we're going to argue and fight. And in the fourth scene, Donald's going to win, but you're going you're, you're gonna to go down. And it's gonna look good. I don't think any of it's real. I don't think the Constitution, any of that shit's real. All that, all that stuff has been violated and broken over and over again. It's just there so people could feel safe. You know, it's like the it's like closing your eyes when you're a kid when you feel like you're gonna be safe. It's like none of that stuff is real. Obviously, it's not real. Most of it's interesting you say that because in 2016. I really thought what we were getting was a mirage of what we were supposed to be getting. Clinton versus Trump, what world was that? <laughs> Yo, you are a very enlightened person. That's awesome, man. That's 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 it's awesome. That's it's crazy. It's real it's crazy, man. That was the Clinton versus Trump like in my opinion. And once again for those listening, like I you know, I'm not I'm just me like, you know, I think that was either cancer or AIDS, Trump or Clinton. Like, what evil? Like, there's two evils. Pick which one that you want. You take the red pill, you die slow. You take the blue pill, you die slow. <laughs> which color do you prefer? Right. Like, what options are they giving you? Like, you're going to get 
Salisbury steak or you're going to get Salisbury steak. Like, I definitely no see that you option. love the Matrix, that's for sure. You you really tune into that kind of vibe. Well, if you think about it, it's like, yeah, that's what it is. Like, if you really just unplug and you're like, yo, who do I most relate to? Neither one of those guys. I can't think of somebody I relate to like that. The average person, who do they relate to? Even these people that are arguing on Trump's side, like, Trump wouldn't even let you in his hotel, bro. Like, you could not get a room in Trump Tower, even if you tried. Like, well, nowadays, like, sadly, you like, have to pay your way in there, it seems like. I mean, that's like, you gotta, like, it's all, it's all a facade. The same way these celebrities build themselves up, it's all a facade. What are these people done to really affect you personally? Have these guys come up to you and help you pay a bill? Have these guys come up to you and help you move your couch into your apartment or some, something like that? These people are just there, man. All this stuff, I've never had a president directly affect my life. I'm 32 years old. I've never, it's like, it's all been the same. Whoever's in the White House is in the White House. My, my check, my life is still the same. I'm still, I'm still working, still dreaming. I'm still striving. That's most of us. Like, if we just stop focusing on that and just start focusing on us, I think it'll all come together. You know, I've never voted a day in my life. I've never voted ever. I'm so glad you mentioned that because um, doing your own thing, because there literally are people, Jamel, not doing their own thing. They wake up every day terrified about what's going on and they post about it. And I'm just like, enjoy the backyard. I know it's kind of maybe aloof, but just enjoy this moment you're in because what they're dealing with, you can't control. Oh, man, you are such an enlightened person, man. I, yo, you got to make sure you send me this link. I want to send this out to everybody so they can listen, man, because I'm, I'm, this conversation is great, man. Like, you're right. You know that on the head. You can't control it. I can't control um, a cop killed a black man. We can't control if somebody loots. We can't control what's going on. All we can control is ourselves and what we say and what we do and how we affect other people around us. That's all we can control, you know? Well, I don't want to put you on the spot, but do you have a bit of a song that you can end this combo with? Like, if you want to sing on the fly, I'm I'm game for that. He said, "You want to sing on the fly?" Whoa, whoa, a lot, man. Um, absolutely. Let me let me let me come up with a little something. Sorry if you um, if you guys can't hear me. This is uh a little something. <clears throat> I've been trying to get my. Can you hear me? I can, I can hear you. Can you hear that? Yeah, I can. Can you hear me? I got you. If this is meant, this is a test. Baby, hold on, it can't be much longer. I won't let you fall, won't let you down again. Just take my hand, hold to me tight. It can't get to you without a fight. I lay down my life for you. Know that I died to you. 
guys really want to listen to that song again you just have to tune into alex garrett's podcast because that is an unreleased single from jamel knight now that is an honor uh thank you for that absolutely that is a song called i believe i originally started it with uh calvin Gaines. he's actually the producer of lady gaga and uh make sure you guys show him some love his name is calvin Gaines. he did no 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 for beyonce paparazzi for lady gaga and i wrote that song with him about two years ago and it's never been released and i've been trying to bring myself to sing it so i'm really happy you put me on the spot because i love it that was uh that was pretty good quick work amazing technology you could just pull it up on the phone and play it so that was pretty amazing so oh, that, that was that me live that on my podcast yeah, that was that was actually I have my guitar in my lap, so that was actually just me playing it live. Hey, I've got a. Uh, all right, so before we wrap up, your biggest message to everybody dealing with a hurt New York City right now. I love you. Thank you for being there for me when I had nothing. And remember to keep that same love and energy towards everyone next to you. Remember that we can't control what's going on around us but we can't control ourselves and how we react to what's going on. So remember to react with love and compassion. And if you do believe in God, just give it to God and pray that he'll get us through because I believe in God and I trust that he will get us through. So powerful. Jamel, this has been one of the best hours of my podcast and all thanks to you. So let's do this again yeah, you're soon. Awesome, Keep man. me updated on what's going on. I will, man. Yeah, definitely send me the link. And, um, you know, thank you so much for your time and your consideration and your empathy. Um, I look forward to working with you again, Alex, for sure. Love you, brother. Be well, and we'll see you on the Love subway too, sometime, man. right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'll always play the subway, even after I make it big. Go catch me out there. <laughs> well, don't, don't forget it, the little brother. guys, as they say. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, that uh, thank was you so Jamel much, Knight. man. At Jamel N Y T L J M J A M E L L N Y T on Instagram. Yes. So thanks for coming on tonight. Thank you so much. I'm Alex Garrett. We will talk to you next time.